0: as we stand together, let's pray. Father, thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for speaking to us through your word. Thank you for speaking to us through Jesus, the word incarnate. Thank you for speaking to us by your spirit. So Father, give us ears to hear. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, everyone. This morning, we turn to the last chapter of the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6. And we'll be looking at those four verses that Jose read to us just a minute ago verses 1 through 4. We've talked about how, in this section of the book of Ephesians, the gospel gets real. And last week, uh, Mike started us thinking on this because we looked at how the gospel has implications for husbands and wives. The good news of the gospel has implications for every aspect of our life. Last week, we looked at it even has implications for the relationship between husbands and wives, and today, children and parents. So you could say that now the gospel is coming home. The gospel is coming into our homes. The good news of the gospel, the good news of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ has implications for how we are and are not to live for how we are and are not to use our bodies, for how we are to approach and not approach things like marriage, and for how we are to approach and not approach the whole idea of being children of parents or being parents of children. So Ephesians 6, 1 through 4 has a message for all of us. Whether you're a child still living at home under your parents' roof or whether you're an adult on your own now, or if your parents have passed away, whether you are a parent, or a grandparent, or an aunt, or an uncle, or a teacher, or anyone who has any responsibility over children, or even to cast a really wide net here, anybody who's ever been to a baptism service here, and has committed to, quote, do all in your power to support these loved ones in Christ. We heard you say we will. We have you on tape. So Ephesians 6, 1 through 4 has a message for those who are in healthy homes or in broken homes, peaceful homes or tense homes, children who feel safe at home or who do not feel safe at home, for parents who follow in the way of Christ and how they parent their children. It also has a message for parents who do not follow in the way of Christ and the way they parent their children. And because this is such a short passage this morning, just four verses, we have the time to do kind of a 360 view of this text. So we will approach this text this morning by asking four questions. First, what does it say? What does the text say? Secondly, what does it mean? And then we'll reverse it and we'll say, okay, so what is it not saying? Okay, what does it not mean? And let me start then with a confession before we get into it. And that's this, I am preaching to myself this morning. I am well aware of my shortcomings in both of these areas, both as a son and as a father. And as my fellow clergy and I have said often in this series on Ephesians, I'm preaching to myself here. I am well aware of my shortcomings, but I am even more well aware of the greatness of the gospel of Jesus Christ that meets me in my shortcomings as a son and as a father, and how the greatness of God is made perfect in my weakness. And so sneak peek to where we're going to end up today is that the gospel is good news, even for children and even for parents too. So with that, let's look at our text this morning, Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, and ask, what does it say? Well, it begins by speaking to children. Paul's principal audience here is children still living at home. Children still living under their parents' roof. But that's not his only audience. Raise your hand if you have ever had parents. <laughs> okay, that's even the guys up in the balcony. Okay, it's all of us. We're all invited to listen into this. And what Paul says to children is fairly clear in verses one through three. Simply through a plain reading of this text, we can pretty much understand what he's saying. Verse 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. God has the right, because he's God. God has the right to say what is right and what is not right. And God's message for children is... Obey your parents. Honor your father and mother. This is the word of God. This is the word of God for children. It's clear as day. Why? Why? God says this is right. And what will happen if you do this? Things will go well for you. Now, yes, this is conventional wisdom. It it still is pretty much conventional wisdom in our day that you should obey your parents. It was even more conventional wisdom back in Paul's day. When he wrote this letter. But Paul is not interested in conventional wisdom. The Bible does not just parrot back to us conventional wisdom of its day. Paul is interested in writing down, and the Lord is interested in communicating to us godly wisdom what God's way is and what God's way is not. And how Paul does this is, he reaches all the way back into the Old Testament. He goes to the law of God, the Ten Commandments, and he quotes the Fifth Commandment to show to us this is what God says. This is what God says is best, that for children to thrive, children should live in an atmosphere of obedience and honor. That's what this text says to children. Now, parents, it's your turn. Okay? (laughs) Verse 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, we'll come back to that word fathers in a minute. But for now, suffice it to say that God expects parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, teachers, coaches, anyone in any kind of position of guidance over a child to not misuse their authority in such a way that tears that child down, that provokes the child to anger. In other translations, it's exasperate a child. But to use your authority in such a way, to use Paul's phrasing here, brings them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. We hear echoes here of Ephesians 4.20, if you look back two chapters earlier. This is the way we learn Christ. So that's the 30,000 foot view here for children and for parents. Children, God calls you to obey and honor your parents. Parents, God calls you not to misuse your authority. And God calls you to help children learn Christ. That's what Ephesians 6 1 through 4 says. Now, let's look at what it means. For children, I want to focus on four quick things that it means, okay? The first thing this means for you, children, is that you matter to God. When you have a relationship with God, kids, that relationship exists in its own right. God sees you, and he loves you, and he called you, and he cares for you, and he has plans for you, and he has concerns for you, and he has guidelines for you. You are not less important than the adults, You matter to God. You are just as much a part of the Christian community as anyone else. You matter to God. The second thing, not just children matter to God, but specifically here, girls matter to God. When Paul wrote this, that culture had an idea that men and boys were of more importance than women and girls. Paul smacks that evil worldview down just simply by addressing children, boys and girls. Girls, you matter to God. Third, children, obedience is the way you show honor. When I was seven years old, I started to play the acoustic guitar. And for the first few months, it sounded awful. And it was painful. My fingers would bleed. I was discouraged. It didn't sound any good. But slowly, over time, through practice, my practice started to show itself in the sound of music. Similarly, your honor of your parents shows itself in the sound of obedience. Now, about this obedience, what the Bible is expecting of you as children in obedience. We're going to come back to this. We need to have some clarification about what this means, what it doesn't mean. We'll come back to this in a little while. But one last thing to children, and this is for all of us who have ever had parents, okay? So all of us in the room are online. While you do graduate from the command to obey your parents when either you follow the command to leave your father and mother or you're no longer dependent upon your parents, we do not graduate from the command to honor our father and mother. Now, Paul grounds this in the Old Testament and the law of God, the Ten Commandments, to honor your father and mother. Now, in Hebrew, that word basically means to give weight to, to honor, to give weight to. And we can get at this by looking at what the opposite would be then. To not honor would be to make little of, to make light of a parent. And the problem with that is that it makes light of the sovereignty of God in giving you your parents. You may have had wonderful, godly parents. You may have had difficult parents. I know in a room like this or online, there are lots of stories. I get it. But the same power that enabled Jesus to show honor, even to sinners or tax collectors or adulterers, that same power will help you in some way give weight to and show honor to in some way in your story to your father and mother. Now it's time to talk to the parents. So kids, you can... Tune out for a bit if you want to, or you can listen in to what I'm going to tell your parents, and then we're going to come back to children. So with verse 4 in front of us, let's look at what our text this morning means for parents. First, fathers, you have been given a particular role by God in your children's life. The word at the beginning of verse 4 can be used in a broad sense to mean parents but the word in the Greek really does mean fathers. He is talking in a particular way to fathers. And fathers, your job then is not first and foremost teach your sons how to play sports or be macho, go fishing or make money. And fathers, your job is not first and foremost to give your daughters lots of money and buy them cars or teach them how to play sports or be macho. Your primary job, according to Scripture, is to show them to Christ, is to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, of course, if you're good at sports, share that with them. Share yourself with your kids. Enjoy being with your kids. Be who you are with your kids. Teach them some things that only dads can teach kids, like there is a difference between the superiority of dogs, let's say, and the inferiority of cats, The Super Bowl is not something you buy at Chipotle. Things that dads can teach their kids. The dad jokes are truly the highest form of humor. Example, what did the police officer say to his belly button? You're under a vest. (laughs) Thanks, Joe. See what I mean? (laughs) But fathers, that's all good, it's all good, sports, jokes. Dogs, that's not the most important reason why God has put you in your kid's life or in kids' lives. The primary reason why God has put you in the lives of children is to show them to Jesus. And you don't do this by giving them nightly, 90-minute sections or sessions in the catechism. You don't do this by making them watch old Billy Graham Crusades before they have ice cream. You do this by living out the gospel with them and in front of them. That when you mess up, when you make mistakes, you run to Jesus. That when you're wrong, you admit it. You ask for forgiveness. You show your kids, you run to Jesus, that he is your life. Odds are your children will follow in your footsteps. That's what some of what this means for fathers. But secondly, this does apply to mothers as well as fathers, and to anyone who's responsible in any way for raising up or guiding children. And I'm aware that represented in this room, or online, are families where a father isn't present, or a father isn't stepping up, or there's been a divorce in the family, or some other situation, and things are complicated, or things are painful. God's word, very simply, is to anyone in any parental role over a child, in a sense, to take the pressure off your shoulders... To say, all you need to do is point them to me. Point them to the one who will point the way. Point them to the one who is the point. Because mom, dad, grandparents, aunts, uncles, you're not always going to be able to be by their side. They're going to be in situations that are hard, or trying, or tempting. They're going to be in classrooms, dorm rooms, where you can't be by their side. So the pressure's on me, Jesus says and your job is to point them to me. Fathers, mothers, aunts, uncles, grandparents, point them to the one who will point the way. Now for many reasons, mothers have stepped into these roles or a team of people, grandparents, combination of relatives, teachers, coaches, if you are in any way responsible for guiding children, the main message of verse 4 is this Don't take advantage of the vulnerability of children, but instead capitalize on the vulnerability of children by pointing them to Jesus. Because every child has their areas of vulnerability, even those hard edged teenage boys. And even those teenage boys know where they're vulnerable. And the people they're close to, they know that their parents or their relatives know where they're vulnerable. And parents or loved ones have the ability in sin or in anger or in rage to take advantage of that vulnerability. And our Heavenly Father is saying to you, reflect my kindness to them. Reflect my strength. Reflect my my might, yes. But reflect my kindness to them. Show them Jesus. So, with this text in front of us, we've considered what it says, what it means. Now let's look on the flip side. Consider what it doesn't say, what it doesn't mean. And since we've just been addressing parents, let's stay on that topic for a few minutes then about what it doesn't say. So, what it doesn't say is that fathers or parents are to be obeyed if that obedience would mean disobedience to Christ. Here's an analogy. The only authority I have as a preacher directly corresponds to whether or not I am preaching out of the authority of God's word. The moment I set this down and preach out of my own authority, I have no authority as a preacher or as a pastor. My only authority comes from the authority of the word of God or else nothing. Likewise, your parenting is worthy of obedience as long as it is in line with and under the oversight of obedience to Christ. If your parenting is done in accordance with obedience to Christ, then your parenting is worthy of your children's obedience. But if your parenting wanders from the way of Christ, then your children, out of obedience to Christ, actually show you honor by maintaining their primary obedience to the one who is in authority over you. This text does not say that you have, or that I have, carte blanche authority in all matters, or that you own your children like their property, or that your children must obey you if your parenting is out of line with God's word. That's not what Ephesians 6, 1-4 says, and here's what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that you take the place of God. It means you serve God. And you are responsible to serve God and parenting your children, to use Mike's phrase from last week, in a cruciform way, in a cross-shaped way. You don't take the place of God in your kids' lives. They answer to God, and so do you. And this God, to whom we all answer, has delegated certain responsibility to parents for a time. So parents, don't lord this responsibility over your children. Serve them. Point them to Jesus. You have a responsibility to point your children in the way of the cross and to parent them in the way of the cross and to discipline them in the way of the cross and to love them in the way of the cross. And your children, then... Have a responsibility to show you honor by obeying you. But in obeying you, they are showing obedience to Christ. Okay, quick review for everyone. These two words in Christ are key for Ephesians, key for the Christian life. They are to define everything. Parents don't forget it, kids don't forget it. And that leads us to come back to this topic of how children are to relate to their parents asking what this text doesn't say and doesn't mean for them. And I want to get there by going back one last time to verse 1 because here again, here again, Ephesians 6, verse 1, we are in Christ. Look with me at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents what? In the Lord. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Right there in the middle of that verse is the key to understanding what God is calling children to do, how he's calling them to do it. Three words there, in the Lord. Children are commanded and expected by God to obey their parents in the Lord, but in the Lord here has a double meaning. First, assuming that to obey their parents is to obey the Lord, or assuming that disobedience does not mean disobedience to Christ. So, it could say, obey your parents in just the same way as you would obey the Lord. The second meaning of this in the Lord is that you will be enabled to obey your parents in the strength of the Lord. You are your own per- person, kids. You will have your own opinions. You will think you know best. You might be right. If you're my kids, you're usually right. But you might be wrong. Being a child at home, under the roof of parents with whom you might disagree, isn't easy. But you can do it in the Lord. I love this quote from a theologian, Wayne Grudem, who says this, Children do not have to be taught how to do wrong. They discover that all by themselves. This is humbling for us as children. Humbling to hear that we need parenting. And imperfect parents are the only kinds of parents there are. So if your parents are seeking to parent you in the way of the Lord, yes, imperfectly, yes, they will make mistakes, often, frequently. But if your parents are seeking to parent you in obedience to Christ, then you can seek to obey them in the Lord. Therefore, what this isn't saying is that children's primary obedience is to their, to their parents, No, their primary obedience is to God. But when it comes to your life at home under your parents' roof, the way you show obedience to God is by obedience to your parents. God has placed your parents over you. And he calls you to obey him by obeying them. But you are not expected to obey your parents as if they are God. It's a major difference. You obey God and you show your obedience to God by your obedience to your parents. This next part is very important. Children, you need to hear someone in the church say this to you, that if anyone in your life, but especially if a parent, is hurting you or is abusing you, either with their words or with their body, then it is always right to tell someone. If you are being hurt by a parent or by a relative, it is not honoring them to let them do that to you or to keep it a secret. Because if a parent or a relative or a teacher or a coach is hurting you or abusing you, they are breaking God's law, and they are breaking the law and to tell the police and to tell someone safe is actually to honor that person by preventing them from harming you or anyone else. So if you have someone safe to talk to, go to them. That's obedience to Christ. It is. And it honors that person by stopping them. And if you don't know who's safe, come to one of the pastors here or go to Miss Molly or Miss Anne or Miss Summer. You're not alone. We believe what that children's song says. It's hard to say it better than this. Little ones to him belong. Children are not ours. They are not our property. Children, you're the Lord's. You belong to him. So we've looked at these four verses then, what they mean, what they don't mean. Let's make sure then the final word for us. As children and or as parents, is the final word of the gospel. So we live in a broken world, don't we? Made up of broken people, broken parents, broken children, but there is hope in Jesus Christ. Hope that in Christ for children you can be empowered to obey your parents in the Lord. Hope that in Christ, you can have the wisdom to discern if a greater obedience to your greater heavenly Father is what's being asked of you at any time. And for parents, hope that in Christ, we cannot provoke our children to anger, but raise them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And hope, and praise God for this as a, as a father, hope that our shortcomings and our failures are redeemed in the perfect obedience of Jesus. Because Jesus perfectly obeyed his heavenly Father, and he brought his heavenly Father perfect honor. And the good news of the gospel is that for those who are in Christ, the same love, the same approval, the same delight that God the Father has for his Son is lavished upon us and is eternally ours in Christ. So did you know... That the Father, God the Father, loves you and loves me just as much as he loves the Son. That to be in Christ is to be so totally loved and so totally secure in that total love that whether you've been an obedient child or a rebellious child, whether you have been a good parent or a difficult parent, whether you've had loving parents or whether you've had abusive parents, Whether you feel like you do a pretty good job of living Ephesians 6, 1 through 4 out, or whether you feel like you've dropped the ball, your identity is secure. You are in Christ. Your only hope as a child or as a parent, or both, is in him. And if this morning you've listened to this sermon and you feel shame or condemnation, that is not of Christ. There is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So either as you look back on your role as a child, or you look back or you look right now at your performance as a father or a mother or a relative, and you feel shame or condemnation that is not of Christ, your hope is to flee to Jesus. Because Jesus' perfect obedience of his heavenly father and the way that Jesus perfectly obeyed his earthly father and mother, his perfect obedience is credited to you. And the same delight that God the Father has for his son, Jesus, the same honor that God the Father bestows upon his son, Jesus, is yours and is mine. You may have made mistakes, parents, but God the Father delights in you, not because of your record as a parent or not. He delights in you because of Jesus. The gospel is good news for children and for parents. So, our prayer then is that the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ would shine into our homes this week. That Jesus, the only one who's ever perfectly obeyed his heavenly father, that Jesus, the only one who ever perfectly honored his earthly father and mother, and that Jesus who showed to us on the cross the perfect sacrificial love of our heavenly Father, that he would bring his gospel into our homes. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you are our perfect heavenly Father. And we thank you for Jesus, who in all things, in all things, shows us the way, has made the way, is the way. So help us, Lord, in all of our different situations. And we do just pause now, Lord, and, and, and and pray particularly for those families where things are difficult, where things are complicated. But Lord, for all of us in all of our homes, whatever our situation may be, help us, Lord. And finally, Lord, we pray for the children of this church and of this community and of the world. Help us to show them to Jesus. And Lord, in your mighty power, keep them safe. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.